Welcome to the Mayhem Porium, the podcast that delves into the world of the spooky, the bizarre, and the macabre. Join us as we explore true crime stories that will send shivers down your spine and uncover mysteries that will keep you guessing until the very end. Our episodes will take you on a journey through the dark and twisted world of the unexplained, featuring topics ranging from haunted houses and ghostly encounters to unsolved crimes and strange occurrences. So sit back, relax, and get ready for a thrill ride as we unravel the mysteries of the unknown. Welcome to Mayhem Porium. The history of Bigfoot sightings can be traced back to Native American folklore, where it was known as a wild man or hairy man. In the late 1800s, stories of a mountain gorilla began to circulate in the Pacific Northwest, and in the 1920s, reports of a giant hairy ape began to emerge from the region. The OregonBigfoot.com website has a complete list of the last 31 years of Bigfoot research, National Bigfoot Sightings, Database, Sasquatch videos and audio, media archive, a members area, and a place for you to self-report your own Bigfoot sighting. It also has a list of fictional and non-fiction books about Bigfoot from various authors. One interesting title I saw was titled Raincoast Sasquatch, Bigfoot Sasquatch Evidence from Native Lore by Rob Alley. The first major Bigfoot sighting occurred in 1958 when a group of construction workers in Northern California claimed to have seen a large, hairy creature walking through the woods. Since then, there have been countless reports of sightings and encounters, as well as numerous films, TV shows, and documentaries exploring the mystery of Bigfoot. Despite the many sightings and alleged evidence, the existence of Bigfoot remains a hotly debated topic. Skeptics argue that the sightings could be explained by misidentified animals or hoaxes, while believers point to the numerous reports and footprints as evidence that the creature is real. Now, the Pacific Northwest is well known for its long history of Bigfoot sightings and encounters. The region, which includes Washington, Oregon, and parts of Northern California, is home to vast forests, mountains, and wilderness areas, making an ideal habitat for large elusive creatures like Bigfoot. One of the earliest recorded sightings of Bigfoot in the Pacific Northwest occurred in 1924, when a group of miners in British Columbia reported seeing a large ape-like creature walking upright through the woods. Since then, there have been countless reports of sightings and encounters throughout that region. Sightings of strange bipedal creatures are seen worldwide, as in the Yeti or Sasquatch tales told in various places. One peculiar episode occurred in Delhi, India, as reported in May 2001, where a monkey-like man attacked people in the dead of night. I'll let the article in The Guardian speak for itself. Quote, The monkey man, who is between four and five feet tall, has a monkey-like face and strikes between midnight and 4 a.m., has pounced on almost 20 victims during the last five days, leaving them with deep scratch marks and gouges on their arms and necks, unquote. Some people reported in India that the creature wore a helmet. Some said that he had claws. Some said that maybe it was on roller skates or had a furry hide. This creature may have been frightened off 
as residents got together a loosely organized and armed neighborhood watch. One man sadly died after he fell off the roof when frightened by the creature, and so many more reports were made in other neighborhoods in Delhi that the police suspected more than one attacker. The Delhi police even spoke to the Delhi Zoo to see if any creatures had escaped, but to this day, no perpetrator has ever been found. Many Native American tribes have legends or stories about large, hairy creatures that are similar to what we now call Bigfoot. These creatures are often seen as powerful and mysterious beings that inhabit the forests and the mountains. One example of a Native American legend about Bigfoot comes from the Lumi people of the Pacific Northwest. According to their legend, a woman named Smekwes, and I may have butchered that, but I gave it a try, because it's in Lumi, <laughs> was captured by a group of Sasquatch and taken to their village deep in the woods. There, she was forced to marry the Sasquatch chief and bear his children. Smekwes eventually escaped back to her people, but her children became the ancestors of the Sasquatch as we know them today. In some other Native American legends, Bigfoot is seen as a protector of the natural world or a warning of impending danger. For example, the Hoopa people of Northern California they believe that the Sasquatch is a messenger of the spirits and that the appearance of the Sasquatch is the sign of an approaching earthquake or another natural disaster. Overall, these, these Native American legends about Bigfoot, they reflect a deep respect for the natural world and the powerful forces that govern it. They also highlight the importance of maintaining a connection to the land and its creatures. One last thing I thought you might be interested in is the demographic of people who believe in Bigfoot or Sasquatch. The demographic of people who believe in Bigfoot or Sasquatch is, as you would probably expect, diverse and not easily defined. There's no comprehensive studies on the subject, but there are some surveys and polls that exist, and they kind of give us some insight into the demographics of those people who do believe in Bigfoot. According to a 2020 survey, conducted by Statista, about 11% of adults in the United States believe that Bigfoot is, quote, definitely or, quote, probably real. This survey found that the belief in Bigfoot is more common among men than women, with 15% of men and 7% of women indicating that they believed in the creature. Also, belief in Bigfoot appears to be more common among those who live in rural areas or those who spend time outside, such as hunters or hikers. And that makes sense. Another study conducted by Chapman University in 2017 found that the belief in Bigfoot is most common among those with lower levels of education, those with lower, lower incomes, and those who live in the South or Midwest regions of the United States. However, it's important to note that these findings were based on limited studies and probably aren't representative of the entire population of Bigfoot believers. <laughs> Overall, these studies show us that Bigfoot and belief is, of course, a very complex phenomenon, but it really can't be categorized by specific demogra demographic factors. A few, but it can't really be categorized that way. People from a, a pretty wide range of backgrounds and demographics hold these beliefs about Bigfoot or Sasquatch, and they hold them for a variety of reasons. They could be personal experience, cultural tradition, or maybe just an interest in the unknown and the unexplained. 
One of the most famous pieces of evidence for Bigfoot's existence is the Patterson-Gimlin film, shot in 1967 by Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin. The film purportedly shows a female Bigfoot walking through a clearing in Northern California. And this film has been the subject of intense debate and analysis for years. Here's a story about that Bigfoot film. In 1967, Roger Patterson and Robert Gimlin went on a Bigfoot hunting expedition in the forests of Northern California. Their goal was to capture photographic evidence of the elusive creature, which was believed to inhabit that area. On October 20th, the duo reportedly spotted a large bipedal creature moving through the woods. Patterson, who had his camera at the ready, began to film the creature as it walked away from them. The resulting footage, which has come to be known as the Patterson-Gimlin film, has been the subject of much debate and scrutiny over the years. I think anyone even thinking about Bigfoot is familiar with that silhouette that's now on millions of bumper stickers and all kinds of stuff. The film itself shows what appears to be that large ape-like creature walking through the woods, and the creature, which is commonly referred to as Patty, is seen walking away from the camera for about a minute before the creature turns back and looks directly into the lens for a brief moment. This film has been analyzed extensively over the years, with experts in various fields weighing in on its authenticity. Some have argued that the footage is a hoax, of course, while others believe that it is genuine evidence of the existence of Bigfoot. Those who argue that the footage is a hoax point to a number of inconsistencies and oddities in the film itself. For example, some have pointed out that the creature's gait seems unnatural and awkward, leading them to believe that it was simply a person in a suit. Additionally, some have pointed out that the location where the footage was shot is relatively close to a major highway, leading them to believe that it would have been relatively easy for someone to don that Bigfoot suit and then stage the footage for a passing motorist. However, those who believe the footage is genuine have pointed to a number of factors that support their argument. For one, the creature's musculature and movement seem to be unlike anything that could be achieved with a costume. Additionally, the film has been subjected to extensive analysis by experts in the fields of film and biology who have found no evidence of tampering or fakery. Ultimately, the truth behind the Patterson-Gimlin film may never be fully known. While some continue to argue that it is a hoax, others believe that it's genuine evidence of the existence of Bigfoot. And regardless of its authenticity, it's become a cultural touchstone and has captivated generations of people with its enigmatic subject matter. There is a Photos of Encounters with Bigfoot section on that OregonBigfoot.com website. Now this site is, those, those things are behind a paywall, but also there is a repository of audio files from encounters there. There's another website, the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, that lists Bigfoot sightings by state and by county. The impressive feature of this site is that an independent researcher goes out to interview the person who submits the sighting in order to verify it. In the 1950s and 1960s, reports of these Bigfoot sightings in the Pacific Northwest began to increase. Many of these sightings were reported by hunters, hikers, and other outdoor enthusiasts who claimed to have seen the creature in the forests and mountains of the region. In 1958, a group of construction workers in Northern California claimed to have seen a large hairy creature walking through the woods. This sighting was widely reported in the media and helped to popularize the Bigfoot legend. 
In the years that followed, there were many more reported, reported sightings and encounters throughout the Pacific Northwest. In 1967, the famous Patterson-Gimlin film was shot, of course. And today, there are many Bigfoot researchers and enthusiasts who continue to search for evidence of the creature's existence in the Pacific Northwest and beyond, while the mystery may never be solved. The legend continues to capture people's imagi imagination in lots of ways. The Bigfoot Research Facility, also known as the North American Bigfoot Center, is a museum and research facility located in the town of Boring, Oregon. The facility was founded by Cliff Barackman, a Bigfoot researcher and former cast member of the Animal Planet show Finding Bigfoot. This facility houses a collection of Bigfoot artifacts, including footprint casts, They've got some hair samples and other alleged evidence of this creature's existence. Visitors to the center can also view exhibits on Bigfoot history and lore, as well as attend lectures and presentations by Bigfoot researchers and experts. According to the museum exhibits, the Bigfoot research facility is also involved in ongoing research and investigation into Bigfoot sightings and encounters. The facility employs a team of researchers who study reported sightings and gather evidence in an effort to prove the existence of the creature. The Bigfoot Research Facility has become a popular destination for Bigfoot enthusiasts and researchers from around the world. Visitors do learn about the history and mythology of the, of the legend, and they have the chance to participate in ongoing research to gather evidence and study the creature. Despite the ongoing controversy and debate, the Bigfoot phenomenon remains such a fascinating subject for so many people. From amateur researchers to serious scientists, it really does continue to capture the imagination of people around the world. I often look out in the woods and think there's got to be something out there. And I bet that until it's disproven once and for all, most other people are going to think the same thing too. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mayhem Porium podcast. Join us next time as we explore another fascinating story or bizarre mystery of the world around us. Until then, I'm Jennifer Chambers, and remember to keep questioning the world around you. Thank you again for listening to the show today. At the Mayhem Porium podcast, we're going to explore true crime, spooky and bizarre things, and some of the most intriguing and perplexing events from the past. I'm your host, Jennifer Chambers, and like I said at the beginning of the episode, I'm a writer and a podcaster. I'm from the Pacific Northwest, where a lot of weird things happen. I write all kinds of things, from fiction to nonfiction. But I really like history, I like crime, I like spooky things, and I love the unexplained. On my other podcast, The Courage Checklist, my goal is to help people check off all the things they want to do in life, and part of that mission is encouraging everyone, myself included, to explore all their interests and things on their mental someday list. My lighter work, including my interest in courage and hope, is featured on that other show. But here, we tell stories about strange and unusual events, places, and things. You can check out all my books at your local independent bookstore or Amazon. Today, I was really excited to have you with us. 
We have lots of surprising, interesting, and spooky topics in the works for the show. If you have an idea or feedback, leave it in a voicemail at the show's website or email the show at mayhem.porium.podcast at gmail.com. That's M-A-Y-H-E-M dot P-O-R-I-U-M dot podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>